Uh, it's been a month since we've been in John. So uh, just a quick reminder where we are in chapter 8. Right, the chapter starts with uh, the, the Pharisees ready to throw stones at a young woman caught in adultery. And the chapter ends with those same leaders and Jewish, uh, Jewish folks ready to throw those stones at Jesus. Right, so chapter 8 is this escalation of conflict between Jesus and the Jewish authorities and, and those who are trying to understand who he is. And so we're right in the middle of that here in verse 31, and, and what we're going to do this morning is focus on Jesus' teaching on freedom. As, and as you see, his teaching is, is deeply offensive that leads them to want to kill him. And that's the power of Jesus' teaching, right? That that you either want to reorient your whole life around him or you, it just makes you violently angry, reject him. And so let's, with that introduction, let's read our text this morning and pray. Uh, this is the word of our God. This is John eight thirty one through 47. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say, You will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. And this is the word of our God this morning. He has spoken to us today in love. Uh, this word is true and trustworthy. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, we thank you for this gift of freedom that Jesus came to give us, the freedom that comes from knowing you as Father and being your Son. And so I, I pray this morning that your, your Spirit would open our eyes, would unstop our ears, that we might abide in Christ and in his teaching. And in doing so, become a people who are free. May we know the truth 
and the truth change us this morning, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And so you notice the, the conversation in our text this morning uh, begins with Jesus talking to new professed Christians, right? Verse 30 says that the last conversation, the, the result of that, uh, many of the, the Jewish people in the uh, temple area, tabernacle area, believed in him. And, it, and so then Jesus starts teaching them how to follow him. And, that, and then this is where things escalate, right? And so you got a group of people here who at least initially like what they see in Jesus. Perhaps they love the way that Jesus treated this moral failure in the beginning, the way he loved the woman caught in adultery, right? When he said, neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. Um, or maybe they've taken Jesus seriously when he says, unless you believe in me, you're going to die in your sins. So maybe they're there looking for divine judgment insurance. We, we don't really know. Um, but what we do know is, right, Whatever your reasons for coming to Jesus, it always starts with belief. It starts with faith. And even as believers, we need to be discipled. And so Jesus is doing that in our text this morning. And so what I want to do is just, it's a fascinating conversation. What does Jesus have to say to Christians about discipleship, about following him, to people who have already professed some kind of faith? And the answer is, he says, if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so let's, let's start by meditating on what Jesus, what I'm going to call the path to freedom. It's this how-to guide on being a, a disciple of Jesus. And so that, that's my first point here, is Jesus teaches us a path, a way to become free. Right? And the way to do that is to abide. Uh, abide in Jesus's word. And abide is one of those words in Greek that's really hard to translate over into English. Um, some of your translations might say remain. Um, the idea of abiding, right, is, is to hold on to something and to continue to hold on to it, uh, to stay with it. I mean, it includes obedience, of course, um, but there's just, there's a lot there. It's saying hold on to Jesus and his word. Stay. Don't give up. Don't stop. Right? Keep learning. Right? And so the, the big idea that Jesus is introducing here to, to these uh, wannabe disciples is to be free, you have to embrace Jesus' limitations and boundaries. Keep his commandments. Right? Which sounds completely counterintuitive to everything we've ever been taught. That to be truly free, the path to freedom, is to abide in Jesus' words and to let Jesus' words confront you, cross your will, change your mind, change your identity, change your wants, give you purpose, show you your goals. Just let Jesus' words permeate and work through everything. And it starts with faith. The, the path to being a disciple of Jesus is to abide in his words. And the way to be free is to be okay being told what to do. As we sung this morning, right? It turns duty into choice. Right? And so to abide, we need to be continually listening to Jesus' words. We need to be continual learners of his words. We need to love his words. 
and ultimately obey his words, and that's the path to freedom. Right? And so this is the, the insult or the, the hardship of Jesus' teaching, that to be truly free is to stop living as if you can do whatever you want as Jesus' disciple. You have to submit to someone else. True freedom always involves submission. Now, obviously, this is very different from what I've been taught about freedom. It's, it's very different from how we, our culture thinks about freedom, right? Because even as I say these things, it sounds like I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, right? To be free is to do what, some, what the king of kings says. Right? I mean, in our culture, if, if the idea of freedom is just there are no constraints, uh, there are no boundaries. You should be free to do what you want. And that's the good life, right? Braveheart screamed it. Elsa from Frozen sings it. Um, it's just everywhere. It's, it's part of our culture's catechism. That the way you're most truly free is to be free from what society thinks, to be free from what your parents think, to be free from... Maybe even what your peers think, but nobody should get in the way of you being truly you. That's freedom. Right. Let your heart lead you and guide you. And so the question would be, right, is that really freedom? I mean, if you, if you take this seriously, right? I mean, nobody's actually able to live that way. I mean, if you stop and think about it, the only people who are truly free, who have no constraints on their will, uh, who have no one telling them what to do, are the people who live alone in the middle of the woods in Alaska, right? Haunted by past broken relationships, right? There's no real community. There's nothing to, to confront your selfishness, which we're all in bondage to anyway. Right? It's just not realistic to think of... It's very simple to think of freedom as being free to do whatever you want. Right? I mean, true freedom is always, according to the Bible, deeply relational. Where you're, you're, you're free to love and be loved. Right? And so Jesus says here in the text this morning, the one relationship that you cannot be free without is him. And that's, that's the big claim. Right? Because this is what biblical freedom looks like, is you're, you're doing what you were designed to do. Right? So if you watch an eagle soaring on, on the wind, I mean, when we go to Letra State Park and you can see out over the canyons, I was in western New York, and you can see the eagles and the hawks just, just coasting on the, on the wind. Right? They're free. But if you ever watch the birds on the ground... It's really awkward and clumsy. At that point, they're just, you know, predator bait. Because they're designed to fly. That's freedom. The moment they reject the, the, the freedom that they were designed for is the moment it goes not well. It'd be the same with a fish out of water. Right? Or you can see um, the freedom in, in any profession. Right? If you're going to be truly free in your profession, you have to devote yourself to that skill. Right, so, for example, my brother-in-law is working as a professional musician in New York City. So some of you might remember several years ago, when he was still in high school, he played piano for us. Ever since I met him, 
at age 10. That's what he wanted to do. And it's, it's been amazing to watch. For him to be truly free on the piano to play something beautiful, he, he restricted himself to the discipline of growing at, at playing, playing the piano. Right? The more he chose to abide in that discipline, the greater freedom he has to, to make something beautiful. Right? And so you're starting to see the idea, the, the, the way this works, that Jesus is telling believers, people who profess faith, that the path to freedom is to, to know the truth, to, to abide in his words, and that if you're actually going to grow in freedom, the more time you abide in Jesus' words. Right? You'll be set free, and you'll grow in freedom at the same time. Right? And so that's, that's the path. Right? It's, it's abiding in Christ, in his word. Right? It, it really helps to, to set this, in a, this com- whole conversation in the bigger context, because we are in the, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booze. This is the the time of year in the Israelite calendar when they would remember specifically when God delivered them from slavery in Egypt and was faithful to teach them how to be free through the wilderness wanderings. Because right? their freedom began with being loved. God saw them. That's what we, our call to worship was this morning. Deuteronomy 7, God chose them. He set his love on them and chose them. And then with a mighty hand and He redeemed them from the house of slavery. And then Deuteronomy 8, reflecting on the time in the wilderness, says, here's what God was doing. All that grumbling, all that complaining, all that hardship, everything you're going through, he was testing to see if you would listen to his word or not, so that you could learn that you do not live by bread alone, but by the very word of God. That's the reason you were in the wilderness, that you might learn to be free and that, that God might discipline you the way a father disciplines a son. Just teach you how to live in relationship with him. And so, for Israel, this is the time of year. This is what Jesus' audience has on the brain. They're remembering that it, God disciplined his people to teach them how to, to be in relationship with him. And now Jesus recenters that whole process and says, that's... That's what you need to do with me. Right? It's the same pattern. You need to be loved by Jesus, to have him set you, set you free, and embrace the freedom that he gives with all the accompanying boundaries, his will, his ways. So, if that was it, the sermon would just end with read your Bible and pray every day, and you'll grow, 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 and it would be really simple. <laughs> But just like Israel in the desert, we have uh, an, an enemy to our freedom, and that's, that's our, our human nature, our, our sin, right? And that's what Jesus says here, that there's an enemy of freedom and there's an obstacle to our freedom, that we're not free apart from Jesus because of this thing called sin, right? And so this is, this is where you got to buckle up and be ready to be insulted. I mean, that's, this is what Jesus does. He insults our pride. Because if Jesus says you need me to be free, and this is exactly what his hearers heard, then Jesus has just said, hey, everyone who's professed faith, you're, you were a slave. 
right? And that's, that's what these guys do. They, they freak out and say, what are you talking about? We're children of Abraham. We've never, we've never been slaves, right? How do you say we will become free? How can, you, how can you honestly say to me, I'm not free to do whatever I want? I make my own decisions. I put on my pants every day and pick out what I wear, right? Like the, just this whole idea that we as human beings, as highly independent adults, are slaves, Now, to be set free, you first have to be scandalized, and that's what Jesus is doing. He's being honest. That unless Jesus and his teaching intervenes, you'll be a slave from death, from birth to death, enslaved to sin, enslaved to your wants. Right? So you can see why they're mad. Right? I mean, for them, you know why we're free? We're, we're children of Abraham. This is part of our ethnic and religious heritage. God is our king. Nobody can tell us what to do. You know, they, they, they default to their religion and to their ethnic background. I mean, Josephus, the first century Jewish historian, he says he's trying to explain to the Romans why the Jews are constantly rebelling uh, politically, and he says the Jews just have this unbreakable attachment to freedom because God is their, their lord, their ruler. And they got that idea just from the fact that, hey, we are children of Abraham, we're in a covenant with God, and only he has the right to tell us what to do. And Jesus says, your ethnic heritage, just because Abraham may be your, your father by blood, that does not mean you're free from sin. I mean, it's, is it really that different from how we think as Americans? Right? Freedom is just part of our language. Stand up on the 4th of July and tell everyone at your barbecue that you're slaves. <laughs> Don't really do that, but... No, we, it's in our in, in Declaration of Independence. We have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We have freedom of religion, freedom of speech, right? We, America. <laughs> Nobody's ever conquered us. And the way to be fully human, this is why we love America and why people come to America, is because they want to be free to carve their own path in life and to do what they want. And Jesus says, that's not freedom. That's slavery. You're not free from slavery to sin just because of what country you're from or where you were born or what family you were born into. Because this is the insult to the Bible. The natural state of human beings is not freedom it's bondage. Why? Truly, truly, Jesus says, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Everyone is a sinner. Therefore, everyone sins. Therefore, we're under the reign of sin and every human being by nature can't break out. No matter how hard you try. Right? You're not able not to sin. Every sin is the enemy of freedom. That's why Martin Luther, the, the German monk who started the Protestant Reformation, one of his famous books is called The Bondage of the Will. Right? And that's, that's in our, uh, one of the reflections of if all of human beings are unable not to sin, then how can you say that anybody could will the good? How could you abide in Jesus' words apart from being set free? 
Something has to happen. And notice who, who Jesus is saying this to. He's saying this to people who have professed faith, that there's something about you and your heart you do not yet see. All right? That you're enslaved. On the one hand, it shouldn't be hard to visualize, but because of the nature of the slavery to sin, we're deeply biased against what we're actually like. We're blind to what we're really like, right? I mean, the haunting part of this conversation is these guys have no idea what Jesus is talking about. They're in, they're in denial. Right? Jesus says, you're in bondage, and they think they're free, and they're ready to kill to break God's good law in order to prove their freedom, which actually proves their bondage to sin. So, do you believe this teaching about yourself? I mean, it's all over the New Testament. Pastor Jim spent like how many weeks in Romans 6 talking about this? In Romans 7, Romans 8. He's going he's to keep talking about it. <laughs> um, it's in Titus. This is description, describing what you were like before you became a Christian. We were foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures. It's right there. That I can't stop wanting what I want. I mean, I know the temptation is I can see the slavery in other people. It's really easy to see what other people worship, what they love, what they care about. It's really hard to see how my loves, my wants, my desires are part of the problem. But this is human nature. We're going to talk about this more next week. We'll, we'll talk about the interaction between who's your, who's your, the question Jesus asked, who is your father? Um, but the idea is every human being by nature, when God comes along as your good creator and says, hey, here's how you thrive, here's how you're going to flourish, here's how you live well, Every human being since Adam and Eve, since the fall, just says, nah, I got better ideas. Right? I belong to myself. It's, it's the opposite of Heidelberg Catechism, question one. Heidelberg Catechism says, I belong, body and soul, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who has set me free. Right? And what does our culture teach us? I belong to myself, and no one can tell me what to do. And by nature, what our culture teaches, that's what we're up against every day as a Christian. That's what Jesus is trying to love out of us and disciple and discipline out of us. We're up against the bondage of the will. Do you know what that's like? Sometimes it's really simple, right? I mean, many know I had all kinds of uh, sickness issues a few years ago, and it turned out a lot of it was reflex-related, and I had to change my diet a little bit and probably more so than I actually am. <laughs> um, but the idea is, right, to, to prevent reflux, don't eat after dinner. It's, it's not that hard of a command, unless your habit is to continue to eat and eat and eat after dinner. Right? And even if you know it's going to hurt you, well, me, I still do it sometimes. Right? And that's how sin works. There's this thing I really, really want, and I don't want to give it up. And I know that if I continue to do it, it's going to hurt me and hurt other people around us. We go, well, like Woody Allen, the heart wants what the heart wants. 
So we need set free to begin the Christian life and to continue to be set free to continue the Christian life. And that's, that's Christian discipleship, according to Jesus in our text, that as you abide in Jesus, you will become free. If you abide in his word, you will be free and you will be set free. It's a one-time act and a continual act. Right? And that's why the Jews are offended. That's why we get offended. For being honest, that you and I, even, even as Christians for a long time, there's still things that we, we need to be told we're free and we still need to be told that, hey, that thing no longer has dominion over you. Trust Jesus. Let it go. And so the teaching this morning is human beings, we, even as Christians, we don't just need self-improvement. We need, we need a liberator, one who will set us free from slavery to sin, which leads to death, which leads to breakdown. Right. And so let's conclude this way by, right, you got to get to know your liberator. You got to know Jesus to be set free. Right, if abiding in Jesus' words is the path and we're, we have, we're up against our sin, our bondage to sin, the way we're set free is to know the truth found in Jesus and found in his words. Because right, Jesus responds to these scandalized Jews, don't you know that the slave does not remain in the house forever? The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And so part of what I think Jesus is meditating on, there's, if they're children of Abraham, don't you remember that Abraham had a son with a servant, and the servant had no job security? When she offended her boss, just got the boot. They got kicked out. Right? But Isaac, the son, he was a son forever. And then Jesus turns it around and says, if the son, Jesus, who is God's son forever, if he sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And so the way you become free is to have God as Father and Jesus the Son as liberator. Right? Because if you're, if you're looking for true freedom, it, it's never on your own. It's always relational. And according to Jesus this morning, true freedom comes by being adopted into Christ's family to be a son legally. I know, ladies, right, this is, this is legal, right? Legal language that the way to be a son is to be an heir. And so you, you don't lose your gender. It's just a way of saying, hey, I am legally part of God's family forever, and nothing can change that. That's what Jesus came to give, came to bring, to set people free from sin. And he did so. Jesus, the son, sets us free from slavery how? By becoming a, a slave, a servant to his father, bound to keep his father's will for us. Right? He's, he abides in his father's words, his father's ways. And he had to do that because obedience for us is impossible because of our slavery to sin and self. So what's, like if you look at Jesus, he is the most free human being who has ever lived. 
mean, later in this chapter, Jesus accuses them of um, doing things simply for the approval of others. You never see Jesus do that, where he's, he's controlled by what other people think. Now, his freedom is expressed in the service of love, love of God and love of his church. And so this is what Jesus came to do. And commentators think that um, when Jesus is is referring to when he says, the son set you free um, and the, the slave is not allowed in the house forever, that, that there's a line in First in Chronicles 17 describing the future king who's going to build God a house in the line of David. And when this God is going to be like a father to him, and, and this king will be a son, and this son will be set over the house forever. That's Jesus, the Davidic king who's God's son forever, right? who's building a house for God by... How? Dying for sinners so that we might become a part of God's house, part of his family. Right? That, that, that's why Jesus came. So as Paul will say, right, you were chosen before the foundation of the world. Why? So that you might be holy and blameless, adopted by the Father through the work of the Son, all to the praise of his glorious grace. He did that for people who did not want to be set free. That's how enslaved to self we are. We need God to make the first move. And so now, Christian who's received this gift of grace, the way you grow in your your discipleship is to learn to live in the freedom Jesus bought for you. For freedom Christ has set us free, Stand firm, therefore, Paul says in Galatians 5, do not submit again to yoke of slavery. Right? That if, if you are now God's son, and you are now part of God's family forever, and you have God as father, and you have Jesus as son, and you know this deep affection that the father has for the son that's now yours in Christ, that has to change what you want. And the way that changes what you want is it sets you free from the dominion of sins that you might live under the reign of King Jesus, under the reign of grace. Paul just made clear what Jesus taught. He just took a lot more chapters to work that out in Romans. (laughs) The ordinary life of the Christian, I'm hoping I'm persuading you of this this morning, is yes, you are absolutely free as a Christian. Free from your past, free from guilt, free from shame, free from fear of God. You are brought into the family. You are holy and blameless through faith. But you still have a a heart that is tempted to put on a yoke of slavery again. And if it were not so, Paul would not warn us against that over and over again. So therefore, part of Christian discipleship is abiding in Jesus' words to let him progressively set you free from yourself. Because right? you're brought out of the, the dominion of sin and brought into the, the kingdom of the Son, and now you've got to learn how to live there. Because you had a whole way of life that you lived before. And so it's completely disorienting to come in. And what, what does it look like to not have to earn God's approval? What does it look like to not be scared of what people think? What would it look like to live as if my father's eyes are the only ones that matter. That's just a totally different way of thinking and living and being. And so, 
all right? You're here to be set free every time we open God's word to free you from slavery to sin so you see that Jesus, Jesus and his way is better. I mean, this is the way um, the, the Westminster Shorter Catechism describes sanctification, which is another way of saying here's how you're being set free. You've been set free and are being set free. Sanctification is a work of God's free grace where you're being renewed in the whole person after the image of God and are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live under righteousness. There's a progress. You're a saint by faith in Christ, and now you get to learn how to live as a saint who's free as you die to sin and choose Jesus' ways, righteousness. So, how do you do that well? And this will, this will summarize it, right? Basic Christian discipleship according to Jesus' teaching this morning. First point, believe the gospel. You got you to gotta see that you're free, that you've been set free by Jesus the Son who loved you to death on a cross, who rose again so that, as we read in the catechism this morning, Jesus' job as king is to ensure that you stay in that freedom. Believe the gospel, that Jesus became a slave so that you might become God's son. And that can't be taken away. If the son sets you free, you're free indeed. And if you're a son, then an heir. And if you're an heir, you are, God is legally obligated to give you the inheritance. God doesn't bring you in and out of the family. We don't have that kind of instability as Christians. Once you're in, you're in. Believe the gospel. Believing the gospel also means, hey, I was a slave, so you need, to, you need the bad news and the good news side by side. Second, abide consistently in Jesus' word. And Yeah, it's, it's easy to talk about and hard to do, right? But it's, it's this sense of never stop the practice of meditating on Jesus' words. You're not going to grow in freedom if you're not thinking about what Jesus says if you're not thinking about who you are in Christ. Because then you're not abiding. And if you're not abiding, you're not acting as if you're a disciple. And if you're not abiding, you're not going to know the truth. And if you don't know the truth, you're going to stay a slave to sin. And so part of the way of just being a Christian disciple is to consistently listen to the word. I mean, that involves preaching, and that involves small groups, that just involves your own personal time, just getting a Bible into you as much as you can. That's that's what it means to be a Christian. All of the Bible is about Jesus. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Old and New Testament, it's all about Christ. We need need more of that. Um, You need to to be consistently learn. And by learn, I mean more than just get information. Um, Just because many of you may even be, be better at basic Bible content than I am. Right? Just because you can give chapter and verse on where to find something, that doesn't mean you're humbly sitting at his feet to learn and say, I I have room to grow, I have room to change. To be a learner is to be humble, to say to Jesus, the master, teach me. Uh, Third, consistently love Jesus' words, part of abiding. You only stay committed to what you love, to what you care about. Um, that's part of being the gift of being a Christian is he changes our wants. Um, 
And so I'll put it this way, uh, a lady named Francois Sagan, who was a French novelist, she was once asked about being free by a, um, an interviewer in a, in a public magazine, and she, she said, you know, have you, are you happy with the life you've lived? Are you happy with the, fr- did you get the freedom you wanted? And this is a very French European thing to ask. Um, but she says, you know, well, I was obviously less free when I was in love with someone. But one is not in love all the time, fortunately. <laughs> Apart from that, I've been free. You hear what she's getting at, right? That when you're in a relationship and you love someone, you, want, you hang on their words. You, you listen to what they say. And it becomes a very deep part of your whole identity and way of being is to hold on to their words. Right? That's part of being a Christian. Love Jesus' words. And then lastly, Obey. If you're listening and learning, this is just the obvious implication. In order to be free, you you need to be disciplined. To embrace the discipline of doing what Jesus says, even if you don't feel like it. Especially when you don't feel like it. It doesn't matter whether you're a software engineer or or an artist. If you you wake up one day and and just say, I don't feel like doing this, and that becomes the habit, you're never going to be free in that discipline. You'll grow in freedom over time by keeping Christ's commandments. Obey even when it hurts because you know that's what Jesus did on the cross to set you free. So go and learn what it means to see the law of Christ fulfilled. It changes a slave to a son. It turns duty into choice. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, I thank you for this amazing gift of grace that we have in the gospel, that you have set us free, and I pray for all of us here that um, you, would, you would empower us by your Spirit to hear, hear Jesus' words so that we might continue to grow in our freedom. May we be set free from the idea that we need to be good to get your, your good pleasure. May we be set free from the idea that um, we have to be defined by our past. Lord, I pray that we would deeply believe the good news that Christ died for us, Christ loves us. As we heard in Revelation, he loves us and has freed us from our sins. We are under the reign of grace. May we learn to live like it in Jesus' name. Amen.